Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. To talk sports. It's real and it's fantastic. This is the JP Peterson Show. I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. That's kind of your calling card, Mr. Peterson. This is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Hey! Now, here's award-winning sports journalist, J.P. Well, that was fun. Super Bowl freaking champions. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What's up, Tampa Bay, on Victory Monday? I like to say, like everybody else, I'm shocked. The Bucs, oh my God, what a shocking win. Nah. Nah, not really. Not to me. If you've been following this team since the bye week, and and really since the beginning of this uh, journey of, uh, of a season that no one could have predicted, I think this outcome was entirely predictable. Entirely predictable. And that's because the formula works. Tom Brady knows the formula, and it works. Just like we thought. We talked about it last week. A dominant defensive line against a beat-up offensive line, as much magic as you want to put into the wand of Patrick Mahomes, sometimes it's not enough if you can't block and tackle. It's not enough if you're not the most physical team out there. It's not enough. No matter how much magic is in that one, Patrick Mahones, you can't win it by yourself. You just can't do it. Not against a ferocious defense like that. The only way you were going to win is if Tom Brady made those critical mistakes that he made in Green Bay. The defense bailed him out then. The defense led the way on Sunday. Because let's not make any mistake, and we will pay our homage to Tom Brady. Don't don't worry about that. But this is a great team. Dare I say a dream team. You want to talk about the personalities and the talent on this team. When we look back, and as we've kind of lived the journey the whole time and tried to talk about this narrative on a daily basis. This team is a dream team. Look at the names. Look at the resumes on this team. And when we look back in five to ten years and we see that, you know, Devin White might be a Hall of Famer. And Antoine Winfield Jr. might just be a Hall of Famer. On that January afternoon in San Diego, did we know that about that 2002 Bucks team? That John Lynch was going to be a Hall of Famer at that point? Maybe. Grande Barber? Probably didn't think of it that day. Warren Sapp? Yeah. Look back on that team, it's incredibly obvious why they were a Super Bowl team. They're one of the greatest defenses of all time. And when history looks back on this team and says, hey, remember the year that Tom Brady got run out of New England? 
That's what happened. Don't fool yourself. And got the ultimate revenge by hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in his own stadium. I don't know if that was a middle finger to Bill Belichick, but it might have been. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. It's a dream team. Look at the names. JPP, a guy who blows off his hand, breaks his freaking neck, and comes back to have an incredible impact on his team, not only on the field, but as a humble leader, a servant leader on this team, and there are many of them. Guys that have shelved their egos for team. And it was Tom Brady that chose Tampa Bay. That's right, he chose Tampa Bay. Why did he choose Tampa Bay? Because it's a dream team. Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, Devin White, Levante David, Indomitian Sue, one of the greatest defensive tackles of his generation, Vita Vea, who will be looked at if he stays healthy as one of the best defensive tackles in the in in Bucks history, certainly. He'll be a perennial All-Pro. This team is freaking loaded, and we've been trying to tell you this all season long. There were points where they didn't look great. That's part of the evolution of a season like this when you have no training camp but a quarterback that's learning a new offense and learning new players and learning the nuances of these great receivers. But you could just feel the, feel the slow build the entire year, and we, and we told you about this. And I said, you look, this is just like how Tom Izzo and and Krzyzewski run things in basketball. They start with a very, very hard schedule, and they give their team the challenges, and they build to be the best in March. And that's what Brady has always done. You build to be at your best in December and January. And everything that comes before that is just part of the process. Who knows better how to win than Tom Brady. I think that's evident. Seven Super Bowls more than any other organization in football. Seven Super Bowl wins. Seven rings. Yes, he'll probably win MVP and Executive of the Year, and he should. He knows how to win. He knows what it takes. And when he saw this roster and he saw this opportunity, he jumped on it. He knows how to bring a team together for a common goal. He's the ultimate leader by example, the Pied Piper of accountability. Every breath he takes is intentionally focused on making himself and his team better. Every word, every action has one goal, and that attitude is infectious. That's what creates a winning culture. And while the rest of America is absolutely enthralled and enchanted by the magic of Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, and rightfully so. The dude threw a pass yesterday horizontal to the ground and hit the guy in the face 30 yards down (laughs) down the field. But even with that kind of magic, it doesn't stand up against a team, a dream team. When you put Tom Brady and his leadership abilities – in concert with this kind of talent, well, the result is going to be as bright as a neon sign in a dark closet. It's going to scream, this is a dream team. This team is ready to win a Super Bowl right now. 
And when you talk about the leadership of Tom Brady, we've witnessed it this year so many times. You know, I thought it was real interesting when we saw it play out on a very public stage up in Green Bay when he walks up to the security guard and says, excuse me, ma'am, can my son come down and celebrate with me? It's Tom freaking Brady. I'm surprised he didn't say, excuse me, man. My name is Tom. And can my son come down and celebrate with me? It's that kind of humility. He 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 introduces himself. Hey, I'm Tom. <laughs> Imagine that. But it's that kind of humility that is at the essence of why he is such a great leader. I mean, if you're you you've got a group full of A type personalities, alpha dogs all over the place, and you need them to all shelve their egos for a common goal. And all they have to do is look at their leader and Tom Brady and said, well, that dude has seven rings now. He's the most humble guy I know. If he can do it, well, hell, I guess I can do it too. And that's what makes the championship chemistry so strong. Tony Dungy used to preach it. The great coaches all preach it. It sounds cliche at times, but it is about team. Not that the Chiefs weren't a great team. They are. But they seem to be yesterday more of a collection of stars than they were a team, right? It seemed like Andy Reid was going to say, hey, I don't care about you know who the guys up front are and my offensive line. My other players are magical enough I can call the same plays. That hubris got his ass beat. That hubris got his ass beat. Because if you don't coach like a team and you think just your stars are going to be able to overcome some of these clear disadvantages, that's not good coaching. And leaving those tackles out on an island against Shaq and JPP with Vita Vea crushing the pocket and, and Sue doing the same and Devin White flying around, it, not going to work. So, yeah, when you, when you have a, a leader like that, the Pied Piper of accountability, these guys will follow him blindly wherever he wants to take them because they know – He's got the pathway to greatness and winning and a Super Bowl championship. And there's so many more ingredients that went into this championship team. And we're going to talk about them all today. The great coaching of Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians as kind of the uh, the ringleader of the group to bring all these egos and personalities together. Arian said he's not coming back unless he got his guys, my guys, to coach. These are his guys, and it's a hell of a coaching staff. And tip of the cap to the Glazers, who basically gave Bruce Arians a blank check to hire whomever and how many ever that he wanted to, with his nod to diversity as well, female coaches, African-American coaches, and those things make a difference. When they see the players, that is, when they see their leader being benevolent, and inclusive, and genuine, and humble, it creates a bond. And what you saw yesterday, this demolition of a very good championship football team, was because of all of those ingredients coming together for a common goal. And nobody orchestrates it better than Tom Brady. And personally, as a Buccaneer fan, to be able to witness this, in your own stadium? Well, I don't think it gets any better than that. And the celebration that went on downtown and on the beaches 
and in the in the in the cornfields of Pasco County. Do they have cornfields? Some. I think they do. Some like that. Bucks, baby. Let's go. From all over Tampa Bay. From the White Sands. It's it's Victory Monday. And it's a, a day and a night that you will never, ever forget. Now, as we break down the game, a little X's and O's here for you. We talked about this last week. The physicality of this football team. The most physical team wins. No question about it. And especially with those offensive line issues and how physical this defensive line in front seven has been, to me, it was as obvious as the nose on your face. It's as obvious as the talent in Patrick Mahomes' arm. He can't do it when he's running backwards the entire time. Now, I thought Devin White, after the game, um, with his headphones and scuba mask on, doing, doing the interview of the night, and maybe one of the best interviews of the night, I think he explained it quite elementary. Yeah, it mattered. It mattered from the start to the finish. We we talked about beating them bad. We knew they wasn't physical enough. You know, they they like they real gimmicky on offense and man, man, we don't we don't play like that, man. We like smash mouth football. We like coming down here, getting in them trenches. That's what we built off. That's why we're the number one rush defense in the league. And that's why on the back end we strapped up, man. So we we knew we wanted to blow them out. We knew whatever we gave them in that first game, it was because they got because we gave them. And Ty Bulls weren't letting that happen this game. It's almost like they set him up in the first game and got him overconfident. They were one for uh, Mahomes was one for six when they blitzed, and basically the guy who blitzes maybe more than anybody in football knew he didn't need to. And that's the key, folks. If you can get pressure, we talked about this last week, when you can get pressure with four up front, that means you can play too deep. That means you can take away Tyreek Hill and to some degree limit the damage that Kelsey can do to it. Sure, you can catch some balls, but you're going to keep them in front. And that's what they were able to do. 29 pressures on the quarterback, the most ever in a Super Bowl. I mean, it was just an unbelievable demolition defensively by this Buccaneers team. And think about what they did. And, and this will go down in history as, well, Brady beat Breeze on the way, Rodgers and Mahomes, three Hall of Famers. Well, Breeze was, I mean, Brady was great, but it was the defenses that beat those guys. It was this Bucks defense that beat those guys. Let's just be clear. But again, team wins every single time. And let's listen to the uh, Pied Piper of accountability. After the game, Tom Brady had a lot of interesting things to say, but the thing that I thought just reeked from his press conference was the humility and the deflection to credit his teammates and his coaches. Let's listen to Brady. Well, I think they're all special and they're all – it's been an amazing year, amazing year. We got off to a good start, 7-2, and two, and then had a little rough stretch where we kind of found our identity and um, played a lot better football down last December, January. And um, just really proud of all the guys, proud of all the uh, coaches, the effort we put in. Um, we knew we were playing a great football team tonight, and we got the job done. So you want to get this far, you got to get the job done, and we did it. The key word there, found our identity. We talked about that all the last couple of weeks, that since the bye week, this team has found its identity. And they didn't have it before, but they were okay with everybody chirping at him, saying, what's your identity? He's like, we'll, we'll get there. We don't have to have an identity in November. We've got to have an identity in December and January. We're not, you know, we're just working towards that. Of course, you can't say that in the media. It doesn't sound right. 
But as you look back, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for, for B.A. I mean, Bruce Arians has been absolutely at that grandfatherly type of leader that you just inherently trust with a resume, you know, that's just phenomenal. And now it is capped off with the ultimate prize, and that's winning a Super Bowl that validates the way Bruce Arians coaches as a human being, not as a robot, not as an X and O guy, not as about it's about my plays. No, it's about communication with your players and building trust and honesty with them. A lot of coaches don't get that. B.A. does. And that's why he was able to meld all these egos into a team that you saw play yesterday. Let's listen in to Bruce Arians after the game. As he talks about team and his coordinators. Yeah, I thought all three guys had great plans. Um, Byron did a great, great job, I thought, of just mixing it up, running past, and then pounding them when we needed to. And Todd had a great plan. Keep them in front of us and let our front four get after them. And, uh, you know, they chased him around all night. You know, and I also thought a key ingredient to this whole uh, incredible chemistry mixture, um, it's like a good play or a good movie, right? You got to have some comic relief, right? You can't just be serious all the time. You got to have fun. That keeps the energy going. That keeps people wanting to come to work every day. I mean, the intensity of Brady, if it was 24-7, it would absolutely wear everybody out. You can't do it. You got to have the comic relief. And who better than Gronk doing Gronk things? And how good was he? How good was he? And they put him in great position to take advantage of his mismatches all night long. Great job by Leftwich, Clyde Christensen, Tom Moore, Bruce Arians, of course, who oversees the offense. Great job by all of them. But Gronk just brings that energy. He's a great leader, does all the, you know, shows up early, works his ass off. But he also is that guy that gives the guys, you know, when it's when it's a hard work day and you're busting through it, Gronk's always going to be the guy that's going to lift your spirits. And of course, after the game, Gronk doing Gronk things. Uh, you know. You never know uh, with this offense, you know, who's going to get the ball, uh, who's going to make the plays, because we got so much talent on our team, too. And uh, that's what made this team so special. We have so many superstars on our team, but no one's head was ever too big during this year. Uh, not Never on the defense side, never on the offensive side. And whoever got the ball got the ball. We were all happy for each other. We knew that we were all going to have to play together and work together in order to win the game. And, and that's what we did. That's what we did all year long. And that's what was so great about being with this team is that no, there was no one that was selfish on this team. Just overall in the whole organization, there's no one that was selfish here. And, uh, you know, it just happened to be me this time, you know, to be me making the plays, to be uh, to have, you know, the touchdown passes thrown to me. And just overall, you just never knew who it was going to be because we have so much talent. We just did a great job spreading the ball around. And, uh, you know, just play together as a team to win it all. That's what you got to do. Well, I think that encapsulates everything we just talked about right there in that soundbite. And it sounds easy and it sounds elementary. Well, of course, you want to win a championship, right? Hard to do in this day and age of I got to get mine. I got to get mine. That was the Sean Jackson that's why that didn't work. That was the old culture of the Buccaneers. I got to get mine. That's why they lost. That's why they were never a team. 
This is a team. This is a dream team. And the Bucks and their fans will never, ever forget that night and what we just saw in Raymond James Stadium. It will live forever. All right, listen, we got a great show for you today, boys and girls, as always. Five o'clock hour, absolutely loaded. Uh, Sal Palantonio will join us from ESPN. He's been covering the Bucks all week. Has covered every one of Tom Brady's 10 Super Bowls. And, of course, all of his wins. We'll ask him what makes this one different. I think we know a lot of that. We just kind of spelled it out. But we're going to get his take on what he saw last night. Always brings a great perspective. Bruce Gradkowski, former Buccaneer quarterback, PFF analyst, will join us to break down the play of not only Mahomes, but of Tom Brady, the quarterbacks, obviously, and every other offensive players. And Greg Allman, who has done such a great job chronicling this Buccaneers season and is actually going to write a book about it, um, will join us at 5.30. John Ledger from Pewter Report will join us at 4.30. Shane Stafford will be up next, and we'll get his breakdown. He's itching to go. And we want to get a lot of your phone calls in today. 727-518-0820 is the number. 727-518-0820. And, Tony, we got a uh, we got a Twitter poll as well, right? Oh, yeah. You posted it, my man. All right. So we're uh, we're up and running. Yes, we oh. are ready to rock and roll with mm-hmm. it. It's up and going. It's, uh, what was your best moment of last night's Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl win? Uh, was it the Antoine Winfield deuces to Tyreek Hill's face? Deuces. Which, uh, not picking any favorites, but that's the one I picked. Uh, we got Brady also. Um, talking shiz. Yeah, talking shiz. To, to uh, Honey Badger. And that's get, getting 33%. Devin White yelling, getting a pick and yelling, this is my house. 10%. And if you have another one, by the way, comment below. If you have another, just go off the board. Uh, Deuce is getting a strong 47%. How the hell do you throw a flag on that, by the way? Oh, yeah. Come it's, on. It's, it's clearly what taunting. You, what you, well, if he can do it, well, if Tyreek I mean, Hill could backflip into the end zone and give deuces to, to Winfield, that was such a payback, though. That was so freaking perfect. And at that point, who cares if you get a penalty? I mean, who cares about the backflip now? Yeah, like, exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. You can uh, you you may have won the battle, but you did not win the war. Exactly. So uh, jump on Twitter at FanStreamJP. Uh, vote in the poll if you have another moment that uh, you will remember forever. Uh, give us a call seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. Love to hear about your experiences, where you were, what you did. If you went to the game, we'd love to hear from you as well. So buckle in, folks. It's Victory Monday. Got some great guests and your comments as well. Stay with us.